Welcome to the Faithful Christian Podcast. Welcome back to Faithful Christian, everyone. This is Christian, and joining me today is Joanna and Amadis. How are you guys? I'm good. We are surviving COVID out in these parts, okay? Yo, you better be. (laughs) Yeah, doing well. Excited to be on here again. Yes. So for those of you guys who remember, Joanna was on last season on the episode about, uh, which episode were you on, Joanna? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) And um, actually, that was probably one of my favorite episodes. I go back and listen to that one when I'm starting to feel like just unsteady. So thank you, Joanna, for your insight when you came on last time. Reason. And Amma, of course, has been on a few episodes um, as well, two from last season, and then she's been on the one episode from this season on the process with Nate. And of course, she's one of my dear friends who is always there to help me process spiritual topics. So I'm thankful for that. So today we'll be talking about Christians and hearing from God. And this is such an important topic because communication is essential in any relationship, right? And I think it's important that we know how God communicates with us. So with that being said, first question that we should probably delve into is, how does God speak to us? So I primarily believe that he speaks through his word. He does still speak in other ways, though. I believe that he speaks through his body. So the believers in church who we're in fellowship with, I believe that he can speak through dreams. I'm not saying that's primary, but I've had dreams that I felt were from the Lord and that were confirmed. And he speaks through nature. We see his character traits through nature. That's in Romans 1, 20. And obviously, the primary way I believe that he does speak to us clearly, and we should always validate the other mediums that he may speak, is through his word. So what do you guys think about that? What, what would you say? How does God speak to us? I second you. The word is our foundation. It's what the Lord left for us. If at any time in history, people should know the voice of the Lord is after the canon. Like, he left us a whole book. So, like, David, who knew God's voice, only had some of the prophets and, the ten, like, the Torah. Mm-hmm. People in the New Testament only had the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. We have it all. So, um, I definitely would agree that it starts with the Word. Amen. Yeah, I, um, I absolutely agree with that. But when I was thinking about this, of like, how do I hear from God? Obviously, like, the number one way is through the Word. And um, I think it's First Timothy 3.16 that says, all scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable for, you know, um, to men for teaching, reproof, correction. So, you know, that just tells mm-hmm. you that, like, it's, it's God's Word that we can turn to in order to hear from Him. That should be the number one and is the number one source of us hearing from God. That's how that communication happens. So absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're all in agreement on that. I would say 
he speaks through his word with purpose though so what are some of the things or the purposes that god has when he speaks through his word what do you guys think like are some of the purposes the purposes of why he's speaking yes so why did he leave us this book to be able to speak to us like why did he not do it some other format i often ask myself that like he could do anything he wanted to reveal himself and he leaves us a book which is awesome (laughs) because who would think that a wicked heart could believe in a good god who loves them i'm just talking about me from what i've read in a book and experience his love from what i've read about him and getting to know him from reading about him um those are miracles like that's a miracle and a working of the holy spirit that my heart can be pierced and changed through reading the word of god so i guess that's the heart of the question is he could have chosen any method but he chose to use the word the bible to speak to us i guess just to start us off i think one of the reasons that he did and what he does in showing us or giving us his word is he reveals his nature to us and i've already alluded to romans 120 it says for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse so we are without excuse even if we did not read the scripture to know of at least the very existence of a god yeah like so we're we're scripture reveals to us that none of us are without excuse all of us know that there's a god Mm -hmm. god is making it clear in his word why that is the case and then another thing an attribute that we see about his nature is that god is spirit and this is in john 4 4 i believe it's john 4 4 God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So he's revealing his nature, and he's revealing acceptable worship for himself. So we learn about God, his nature, and some of his design for us through this wonderful book that he left us. And I think it's it's a puzzling thing for some people because they're like, how can we trust words written by mere men? because we believe that scripture is God breathed. It was written by man, but penned through the Holy Spirit, working through these men and the Holy Spirit is God. God cannot be mistaken. So if we trust that the Holy Spirit was working through these men, then we can trust that God left us a word that is inerrant and infallible. And there's a lot of going to that. That's a whole conversation that I'm not even ready to have. Like, I don't even have the words to explain all of it, but that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I think one of the things, you know, one of the purposes as well is, you know, obviously, yes, guidelines of, you know, how we should live and conduct ourselves. But when I think of the purpose, I the word example just keeps coming to me. Jesus is the ultimate example, you know, of, of how we should live our life. But there are just so many examples throughout the Bible. And, and I love that it's like, even imperfect people that like, you know, they are examples. Like David was a man after God's own heart. 
but David was imperfect, you know, he committed adultery. So, you know, and just so many wonderful examples throughout the Bible that we can use. And we can see like, okay, like, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to fit a certain mode. God can still use me where I am, you know? So I think, you know, the Bible is just, it's a great example of how we should live our lives. When you were speaking, um, and even in agreement with what Duana is saying is that Christ is the example, three scriptures came to mind. You're saying like the purpose of scripture, and one verse was the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. That's out of Revelation 19, I believe, is in Revelation. But just the premise being that the scripture is a testimony of God. So even yeah. the, the important things that happen to us that we never forget, that we take pictures of, that we write down these men of God in history wrote down how God impacted them. And it's a culmination and not even all the stories because in the end of the book of John, he says of all the things and all the works of Christ were written down, the world could not contain the books, but we've got 66 books that are a testimony of Jesus, a testimony of God's goodness through the ages mm -hmm. that are the foundation of our faith. Yeah. So it's, it's home plate. It is, the bricks and mortar of the faith it's how god chose that we see the story of god how he wove it in redemption and told his story to history through imperfect people so it's our life's blood so one it's a testimony of jesus but what that verse even says about a testimony of jesus it's the spirit of prophecy so in reading scripture every time you see an act of god god can do that for you too that's what it means to have a spirit of prophecy. It's testifying to what Jesus not only did, but what he does and what he can do for you. And that being said, we overcome by the word of our testimony. That's in Revelation as well. Mm -hmm. So the yep. power of the saints, the, power, the stories of the saints, they're part of our arsenal against waging war, against the flesh, against the temptations of this world. Yep. It's John who says, sanctify me with your truth. Your word is truth. But yep. then in Hebrews 4.12, it says the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So when we look at the Bible, we acknowledge this is not just a book. It's not a collection. It's, it's the living, breathing God expressed in written form. Mm -hmm. And when we interact with it, it's not just like scholarly content. This is the nature of someone who's fully alive, who's guiding you through the pages while you're reading it because he wants to be known and he wants to stay. Amen. So, and we are made to know him. Mm. So it's like yeah. this map you're navigating with the creator the, at the whole time. Like, look at me. Look, I was good. Look, and I'll do it for you. Look what I've done. Look what they yeah. did. Like, do you want to do that? No, you don't. Look what's coming. You don't want that. Like, so he laid, he wrote his story down. Because what if we didn't write? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like cultures without writing, yeah. things get lost. And all through scripture, like they, people are condemned for not remembering the Lord. Mm. Or the Lord is pleased and remembers them because they remember him. Mm -hmm. So I just think the fact that we preserved it he, and he chose to preserve it in writing is so it would last. That's not yeah. just an oral culture. Yeah. That's actually really important that you brought that point up, remembrance, because that's even how we endure. 
is through remembering the promises of God. So that's mm. that right there. I could end the episode on that. <laughs> We're done. Mic dropped. Mic is dropped. That's how we endure. That's how we remain faithful is remembering his promises. That's how you can continually win your battles with sin. Remember what he's done. Remember what he's promised you. And that's just, I think that's that's why we fall so often because we don't sit, take time to actively remember who he is and what he's done and what he's promised. And that's why it's so important that we hide his word in our hearts that we do not sin against him. Yeah. That's our strongest arsenal against the enemy like you said like christ when he was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil he combated him with the word of god so anytime we're hearing lies against who we are in christ we should combat those lies with the truth of god's word and if we're combating with anything else then we're doing ourselves a disservice you know yeah so kind of uh to piggyback off of what you said one of the ways that when I was thinking about this that I hear from God, you know, like you said, when God was in the desert, he put himself in a stage where he was vulnerable, right? So he had to be vulnerable and that's through fasting and praying. And he made himself in tune with, you know, with God when Jesus was in the desert. But then how he combated the devil was he spoke the word of God. And that's just one thing that's just so powerful, you know, like, Yes, it's good for us. We, we should read it. We should know it. But there is power in that's just, you know, Jesus is the ultimate example. When the devil tempted him, he's like, no, man shall not live by bread alone. Every single time when he combated the enemy, it was through that spoken word, right? Speaking the truth. So that's one thing we can also, we should be using in order to, um but to you know what we know over our lives the more we talk the more it becomes truth the more it you know becomes truth the more um it's just who we are it 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 forges our identity in christ so there's just so much power in that yeah you're right that's so important that we speak the truth of the word Another um, purpose, I think, in God speaking through the word is, we kind of alluded to this, is to guide us and to instruct us. And we see that in Psalm 119, 105, um, or 119 in general, like, mm -hmm. how can a man keep his way pure? Or a young man keep his way pure? By meditating on the word. And then Psalm 119, 105, he says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. And we talked about this in... Um, the episode on um, the process, like it is a step-by-step -step process, you know, like the lamp does not, it does not illuminate everything like at one time, it's step-by-step -step, as Nate said. And I love that he said that. I thought that was awesome. And it's an illustration that clearly stuck with me. So, <laughs> and then Joanne, you alluded to this earlier, 2 Timothy 3.16, like scripture is breathed out by God, profitable teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness so there is a purpose in us having the scripture so that we can continually be taken from glory to glory to glory in this process of sanctification which is painful but very necessary for us to prove ourselves his children going through that process and then um the last thing 
is to reveal his wonderful plan to man. And Amma, you've alluded to this when you mentioned the prophecy of Christ, the testimony of Jesus. And in Colossians 1.27, it says, for it has pleased God to tell his people that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. For this is the secret, Christ lives in you, and this is your assurance that you will share in his glory. So there are things that were once not known to the Gentile and even to the Jewish world. Now that mystery, quote unquote, that was so talked about and the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And we can partake in the riches of Christ. And we are going to, those of us who have put our trust in him and have committed to loving him and serving him in obedience are going to reign with him, you know? So there are just sweet promises that are revealed to us through his word that can get you out of some really funky moods, if I'm honest. <laughs> because if you just think about life here and now, I can get depressed just thinking about here and now. Like, if this is all there is, then, gosh, I might as well be... Yeah. <laughs> if this is all there is, we're doing ourselves a disservice by not just bowing out. But... True. Because the heart has been changed and we have experienced God's goodness and we have his word to show us of the future promises and coming that we have in him, we have a reason to be joyful in this life, even amid some of the hardest things that we'll probably face right now. We're all facing this, this global crisis that is making everyone question everything. I've never seen so much humility in our leaders as I have during this time. Like I was watching the, um, the Senate hearing the other day and just to hear some of these senators admit the U S government does not know what's best. The U S government does not know the future. That was so humbling to me. I was like, yo, look at that humility being grown through this crisis. (laughs) So, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, I'm just thankful that I have the word to go back to when I am feeling unconfident. Yeah, the U.S. government does not know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I do know one thing. If something happened to me, I'm going to be with Christ. So, hey, bring on whatever you may. Like, I have a promise, and that's, that's awesome. We don't know the future, but we know who holds our future, and, and that's the peace that we have, you know, as mm-hmm. believers. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And then um, I guess another question we can move on to is for those cases that maybe we feel like we've gotten a word from God that wasn't explicitly written in scripture. Let's say if you you think you've gotten a dream or someone says to you, oh, brother, sister, I feel like the Lord's telling me this X, Y, and Z about you. How do you guys process that? Because I know there's some Christians that are skeptical of those things. They don't believe that the spiritual gifts are um, still active. I'm not one of those believers. I do believe that the spiritual gifts are all of them. Um, and I'm talking about the miraculous ones like the prophecy and the speaking in tongues and the interpretation of tongues, which is necessary if you're going to speak in public. Um, the healings, I believe that God can still and does still do those things. It may not look how we think it looks at all times. 
Um, so in the cases that someone may have gotten a word from someone that they say is from God or they got in a dream, in my case, you know, I've had a couple of dreams I feel like are from the Lord. How would you guys say that we should validate and know that they're from him? I process by writing things down and I process things in prayer. I would say it's very rare that I've ever received a prophetic word that the Lord hasn't already somehow spoken similar things to me. So I, I don't think there's ever been a time or there haven't been many times that someone out of the blue tells me something about my life or my future that God hasn't already alluded to. And so in a lot of ways, prophetic words have served as confirmation. And in other times where it is someone directly speaking over my life, it's someone in a position of authority that I respect. So I would say um, it was Jesus in the Gospels who says wisdom is proven by her actions. And it's in First Thessalonians 5.20 where he says, do not despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. So a prophecy is true if it comes true. And a prophet's proved true by other things they've seen that have proved true. So I wouldn't recommend just pursuing the prophetic like god the crystal ball because that's mysticism but when he decides to speak in a way that is through somebody else and is intentional to you that's a spiritual gift it's a word of encouragement where the lord revealed something about you to somebody else to serve you because we're meant to build each other up in christ but the holy spirit inside of you gives you wisdom as to what to hold on to and what to throw away and I've been in prophetic circles where it's like you can see someone reaching for status, like, I'm going to tell you something about your life. And you're like, no, you're not. Uh-uh. Um, so like, <laughs> <laughs> not today. <laughs> well, you got to sift. So you don't yeah. despise prophecy. Don't mock and say the Lord doesn't do that. Don't do that. But at the same time, test it. Test the spirit. Listen, yeah. be shrewd. Be shrewd. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So I guess my encouragement would be so draw near to Christ that the mysteries he reveals to others aren't surprises to you. Like, mm. And sometimes they will be because he's good like that. So it's not like one or the other. But if there's, there's times he'll throw out a gift and it's like, oh my goodness, that's so encouraging. How did you know that? And then there's like, I know that's true because he already told me. Mm. So I would say that don't let his voice be determined primarily by the external factors because the holy spirit is inside of you so you have everything jesus had you have jesus you have the holy spirit you have god the father we have emmanuel so his voice is only as limited as our skill to listen and that takes time so like lean in practice listening and the holy spirit will be your guide so there's not like even a, like well just test these three ways and you'll know if it's true like we need the holy spirit to navigate this life and that's why jesus left him and he said i will teach you all things and i will remind you of the things that i've said and like i will never leave you so when it comes to testing prophecies and knowing what's good it comes back to the word because every prophecy has to line up with the nature of god the will for the believer and his purpose for our lives but the Holy Spirit gives you how to discern and there's not a formula for discernment. That is something you have to grow in his power. Yeah. That's good. That's a word. True. I mean, all, all of that, I like completely agree with that. And I see that in my life. You know, 
I receive inside word. I'm not just, I am receptive, but I'm very aware and cautious of it. Not cautious in a sense like, oh, I don't believe that, but just, you know, for me, what I do, like you mentioned, Amma, is that, you know, I take that to the Lord in prayer. Like, mm -hmm. that's, that's just a necessity, you know, like, God, this is, this is what, you know, this is what was said, God, I give that to you. Um, you know, if that's, if that is your will. And um, that's just kind of how I process those things. Like I take it to God in prayer. And, you know, like you, like you said, in the word, it says you got to test, you know, test all spirits. So I think just taking it to God in prayer. I'm glad you also mentioned writing things down. So um, another thing I wrote down, like journaling, is definitely one thing that I use to get my thoughts out there. But also, you know, as I'm hearing from God, I can write things down. And the power in writing it down is that you can look back on it. And that's always really, that's like one of the coolest things to me that I can go back and look at what I wrote. And I'm like, God, like, you know, you said this, and this is, this is, it never plays out how we think it will, but it's always cool to see how it plays out um, when you take that time to write down and journal. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I wanted to share a story, like, about um, just, I feel like God answering um, uh, just a prayer I had when I was pursuing the call, like, or discerning the call to come to seminary. You know, I, I wrestled through it for months, years. And I was flying back home from Seattle two summers ago. So it was like September, 2018, I believe. And yeah, it was like September, 2018. And I'm reading a book and I, there's an empty seat and there's a seat with the guy next to me. And I'm reading a book and I can't re remember what book I was reading. I think I was reading R.C. Sproul something about by R.C. Sproul or someone else. But the guy next to me just happened to peek over and see the book. And he's like, oh, are you, a, um, do you study the word? And I was like, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, in what context? He was like, are, are you like in school? And I was like, oh, no, no, I'm just reading a book. And I was like, it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm praying on going to school. And I'm praying on going to seminary. And he was like, well, I went to seminary. And he's, it was just like weird. Like, okay, I'm sitting next to this seminarian or this theologian. And we literally talked the entire flight from like Seattle, Washington to Washington, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just such an awesome time of like just connecting with a brother in Christ who had nothing in common with other than the bonds of Christ. And being able to pray. And being able to sift through that calling, like it was a really timely thing for me. Um, so it showed me that God still does speak in other ways. And it was just a blessing. Like I said, we had prayed, we exchanged numbers, but for some reason, I don't know, I wasn't able to reach him ever since then. So I'm like, okay, was he an angel? That's just me being a little mysterious, but <laughs> I wasn't able to contact him. I think he was actually human, <laughs> but yeah, I just, you sure about that? I don't know. He was in town for a conference, but, I, <laughs> but yeah, it was a blessing to me. I just thought that was a cool story to share. That's awesome. I love that. Like our God is not a God who's just like in the box. Like 
he just uses so many different ways and to confirm you know messages in his word to us you know it could be a stranger on a plane could be a dream um that kind of reminds me of the story of um so i'm from liberia for those who don't know was born there and you know my mom was she was working at the un for a time and she felt the lord speaking to her to like you know come to the u.s and and she wasn't sure how she can do this like yeah sure for the un but she was a single mom and she had four kids so she she kept feeling that god was telling her to um to come to the u.s to come to america and you know give her kids a better life so the final confirmation when i was i think i was like three years old i don't remember this but um you know woke up one morning and i said to my mom i said mommy are we in america and for her that was just like okay god like this is this is what you want me to do this is the the move you want me to make so i i just think it's awesome how like god just speaks to us through you know different ways and and people that he uses and dreams and all of that so we serve a cool god who's not in the box at all yeah you want to say something Anna? i'm thinking but this is the question that i'm thinking about what do you do when you don't feel like you can hear god because yeah, the, was... <laughs> the question isn't the question is what do you do when you don't feel like you can hear him what does it mean like mm-hmm. yesterday yeah. so this is one of those moments for anybody who would be listening or even i was praying and i said jesus what what would you give me to say to these people mm-hmm. and my answer wasn't an answer i was filled it wasn't an answer. It wasn't like words. He didn't ask me what the scripture. He didn't remind me of something. I was filled with this feeling for maybe eight hours. And it was this feeling of God is not close. I don't know if he can hear me. I hope because the fact that he's not close makes me anxious. Um, and I was like, what? And uh, I was like, God, God, hello. Cause that's not typical of our, relationship so I I was like Jesus this is making me nervous like what in the world what and so that's part of the reason I was up early this morning to listen and I was praying through like Jesus what and then I realized I think he allowed me to feel I know he allowed me to feel because he does this sometimes and the empathy of Christ as we share in his sufferings he shares his feelings he shares other people's feelings he'll share his heart with maybe like a legitimate feeling in your person or he'll share one of his children's heart where he'll let me feel what it is they're feeling and so last night I felt the plight of the person who can't hear God so what did he say to me so this morning I was up early and he he said a couple things one to quiet yourself So sometimes in the frustration and in um, the panic, you're like, God, where are you? What do I do? Ah! Uh, but you get so full of your own thoughts and fears that even if you were to speak, you wouldn't hear. So like Joanna was saying, journaling is powerful. Writing is powerful. A practice that I've instituted is when my heart feels full of so many things that aren't true. I write them down to get them off my chest, to clear my heart to clear my mind so I can give the Lord his room for his voice because fear has a voice 
like your own inner monologue is a voice. The enemy is, is throwing thoughts. Those are voices. But to anybody who might be feeling like God doesn't hear them or God is far from them, I want to just say over you and to us, that's a lie. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He promises to never leave or forsake you. So when your heart condemns you, scripture says, Christ is greater than your heart. And when your heart accuses Christ, Christ is greater than the accusation. But I guess the admonition is, in that place where I was feeling that weight, what was the solution? So one was to pour out my heart. It was to be like, literally, Jesus, I feel like you're not there. I feel this and I feel that. But as I was pouring out my fears, and like emptying myself of expressing the, the reality of where I was, God's love quieted me. So don't be afraid of being honest in your prayer. And after confessing your feelings, make room to listen. Um, something else he communicated to me in that moment was maintain reverence. A lot of times in our emotional response to what's going on, we'll let go of the truth because feelings feel more powerful, but the truth is all powerful. The truth is the person of Christ. The truth is a sword. And so like Joanna was saying, when speak the truth. It's literally a weapon. It is the person of Christ. It shatters darkness. The voice of the Lord, like it, it scrubs in Psalms, it shatters the cedars. And we are proclaiming the word of the Lord, which is the person of the Lord. So in those moments where it feels like, I can't hear God, the, speak the truth of yourself. Because like Joanna said, the truth mm-hmm. and speaking the truth is powerful. So he spoke to me, one, quiet your, pour out your heart, quiet yourself, which is that process of like just confessing where you are and pouring out all your feelings. Maintain reverence and wait for him. God is a person. And I don't think we'd rush into anybody else's presence, just hollering and making demands and having this pressured speech of just, and if yeah. you're feeling that website, yeah. God's listening. So it's not like that's bad, but sometimes because he's invisible, I think we treat him like we wouldn't even treat a person. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So in that respect, he's a person. He knows what you need. So let him respond like a person and give your relationship the significance you would give a physical person, meaning, hey, maybe it's not the moment to tell you something. Like if you see that your friend's really upset, you're going to listen. You're not just going to be like, well, I think. So if God's listening to you, don't be like, why would you say anything? Like, I'm like, answer me. That's true. Yeah. If he's causing you to wait, we rest on the truth knowing he's not withholding good things. I think I can call to memory a time in college. Actually, I was in high school and I was really praying about, Jesus, where do I go to college? And it's funny, this moment wouldn't be happening if I disobeyed, guys. I went to Liberty University. The only reason I know these people, and that was because Jesus told me to. Yeah. So I was praying about it. All my friends were making plans. They applied to multiple universities, multiple colleges. And I was like, I'm just waiting for the Lord to tell me where to go. And he ain't tell me yet. So I don't know what's what. But I know I don't know where I'm going. But I know I'm also not going to move until I know. So there's something very beautiful about patience that I think it really tickles the Lord. And he's like, will you look at that child of mine being patient? Like, would you just look at them? Because that's something he produces, but it's something you have to choose. So there's an element that he did it, but you still have to exercise it. And you make him proud when you're patient. Anyway, so 
everyone, I, like there was the stress of like, we're about to graduate. What's the plan? Make a plan. Everyone plan. And I was like, I don't have a plan. But I pled. I really want to do what God wants. And so I submitted like, Jesus, where do you want me to go? And you know what? He didn't answer me right away. He didn't. So what do you do when he didn't answer? You wait. I, don't, I think that there's a really, like people really skip over waiting on the Lord. Yeah. Jeremiah says it in Lamentations, like he waits patiently. And this was also in disaster. Like, let me actually pull it up. It's Lamentations 3. That it's like, take courage and wait patiently. Wait patiently for the Lord. Like, his, like the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait patiently. That's what it is. I think it's 3.23. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait patiently. So I didn't know what to do, therefore I didn't do. I didn't try to make up something to do. I just kept doing what was at hand. I didn't, I wasn't like literally, I wasn't, it wasn't September of 2010 where I was supposed to be in college. It was September like 2009. We were just finishing up the last. And so I was at the library one day, just considering my options. And I was on Liberty University's website and I heard very clearly the interrupting voice of Jesus that I love so much where it's not that I was in a moment of prayer, but I had been praying about it. And just while I was on the internet, he said, this is where you need to be. So I said, okay. Wow. Like, so that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going to go. He said this. I waited. I didn't. So there's moments where you will pray and you will have an answer. Like a scripture will come to mind. A verse will come to mind. A picture will come to mind. Sometimes Jesus even uses, like he uses the context of your life experience. So there'll be times, because truth is true. Truth is true. I remember I was praying one time. And I asked the Lord a question and he brought back this movie scene where someone was quoting a Bible verse. The movie was run down. It's got Dwayne Johnson in it, but the Bible verse is from Ezekiel. <laughs> and he brought back to the mind, the yeah. man quoting Ezekiel 33 in a movie. So it's not like his voice is, thou shalt always. <laughs> he knows where you've been. He knows what you've experienced. And he knows how to pull everything you've been to and been through to communicate with you. So. That day I waited, or in that, in that season I waited, and I think that's a habit that's important. Scripturally, you'll see that like the, the good things come to those who wait is a, just a general cultural proverb, but patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and to the people in Scripture, like Abraham rushed, there's a Hagar and an Ishmael, like Joseph ran, and he's the prime minister without, like, he has a legacy that's spotless. Like Daniel, yep. he resolved not to defile himself. And he committed to prayer three times a day. And in that place of prayer, towards the end of his life and throughout his life, received some of the greatest revelations in prophetic history. So patience with the Lord, knowing that, trusting that he has you, speaking the word when your feelings don't line up with with the truth and choosing the truth over your feelings when it, when those are in conflict, but just the value of patience. Cause not every answer is a quick answer, but are you willing to be steadfast not to do just what's in your will, but to wait till he speaks? I think that's a big thing. I don't think he's ever not speaking. They're just, sometimes we're asking questions that we don't get answers to, but he's talking about tons of other things. And we're like, but you didn't answer this. So you're not talking to me. Yeah. Some things don't just come, come with just time. You know, right. it's not going to reveal everything in right away. Like some things just are revealed as we just live life. And so that I, was a lot of talking, sorry. No, I mean, 
I think it's good to process that. It was funny because that was the next question I was going to ask you guys. Like, what do you say to people that feel like they don't hear or they can't hear from God? And you kind of, you answered, you kind of said what I was going to say. (laughs) We serve the same God. My favorite part about what you just said, Ama, is you didn't know what to do. So you didn't do anything like that. That just blows my mind. Like, the fact that you were waiting on God, you were patient, you weren't anxious, like, you know, I mean, maybe you were feeling all of those things, but despite of, you know, all of that, you just waited, you know, I think that's, that's definitely a virtue that I'm working on more and more each day, you know, just like waiting on the Lord and, and not just acting because I have to act. So thank you for sharing that. That was, that's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. He helps me. And it's, his voice is such, I think his voice is one of my favorite things. And so I can't live with, like, I've gotten to the point, I can't live without you talking to me. So please never stop. And I'll listen to you. Yeah. That's yeah. I think one of the reasons sometimes we feel like we can't hear from God is maybe we feel overwhelmed with the weight of our own sin mm-hmm. or the weight of the world. Mm-hmm. And I would say to the believer who maybe can't hear from God for those reasons to keep running to him, like press in even when you don't feel anything, when you don't hear anything, to keep pressing in. He is looking at every moment that you take to stop and ponder on him he's looking at every moment you take to stop and read a passage or read a um, scripture or to sing a song to him he is looking at every lament or listening to every lament that you say to him and he's not threatened by your insecurities he's not threatened by them so i appreciate that you brought that up like yeah take those insecurities to him take those fears to him like he is to be spoken to how we speak to our friends. Like obviously he is to be revered and to be honored. He's God. And I guarantee you in his presence, you will not be able to say anything other than, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Holy, 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 holy. Are you Lord? I just imagine like my, your brain just being so fried. Like you can't even think you can't even look away from him. You're terrified yet you're in awe, yet you're like, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, I don't want to look at him. Yeah, I can't stop looking at him. Mm-hmm. Like, he is such wow. a, there's going to be so much to ponder upon. It's just look at him and gaze at him. Like, you know how you have a crush on someone. You just like, oh, they're so beautiful. You just look at them. <laughs> you know, you just can't stop looking. You're like, oh, yeah, she's beautiful. You just stare. <laughs> Think about that times a gazillion you literally can't stop. Mm, yeah. You can't stop but help but give him praise. So I do believe that at the end of the day, and this is kind of going off topic, every knee will bow, every tongue mm-hmm. will confess that Jesus is the Lord yeah. of the glory of God the Father because of simply who he is. Hey. Like, straight up, Absolutely. like, yeah. whether you love him or you've chosen to go your own path, mm-hmm. you're going to see him and you're going to be in awe of who yeah. he is mm-hmm. and that's yeah, I don't know that's just 
that's pertinent because that's the rev that's the fear of the lord which is the beginning of wisdom and mm. knowledge of the holy one is insight so in pursuit of the voice of the lord it starts with the fear of the lord and what you said christian mm. is the very real fear of the lord he's not to be yeah. trifled with but his love gives me bravery yeah i think that's where he's been bringing me to a lot lately just in regards to life it's just like looking at just keeping that perspective like that perspective is so essential obviously we're human we live on this earth so we can lose sight of it at times but that's the reality that we will wake up to one day yeah and it's so important that we keep that in mind so yeah i guess another solution i would say if you don't feel like you're hearing from god for the believer that is feeling the weight of sin the weight of the world pressing your shoulders is to one like i said already keep pressing into god's presence two press into your community of believers and i think i've talked about that so often but i can say i've experienced it more now than ever um, as i've been intentional with being connected with my the believers in my church even amid this separate moment of separation, you know, we've done more. Like, I feel like I've gotten to connect better with people. We've done Zoom meetings. We have, after our service on Sundays, we have a whole sermon review. And I attend every single one of those because I'm like, I want to know what this passage is really saying. I want to dig a little bit deeper than what even the pastor went. And we do like group lunches via Zoom. We do game nights via Zoom. We do just Q&As via Zoom. And it's like, oh, okay, well, this is, this, this virus has, really separate us physically but in a sense it's allowed us to have a more connected connected yeah in a different way mm-hmm. and you know the beauty of pressing into community is the fact that they are there to bear your burdens so that weight that you feel the weight of sin the weight of the world is not meant to be carried alone it's meant to be carried alongside with brothers and sisters in the faith that maybe have gone through the same thing maybe know mm-hmm. someone that has gone through the same thing and that can help you to get through whatever it is that is holding you down or weighing you down. That's what the community is meant for. So please be intentional about reaching out to those in your church. And if you feel like there's no one in your church that you can reach out to, reach out to your believe, your fellow believers who are outside of your church pray to God that he would show you who to go to. And I think he would show you, he might already have someone on your heart that maybe you just feel like is not who you would put in that place, but he knows better. He's more wise than we are and trust that prompting. Yeah, that's, I, I completely um, agree with that. That's one of the things I actually wrote as far as, you know, when I want to hear from God, it's, there's so much power in association, right? You know, we've all heard the saying, like, birds of a feather flock together type thing. But, like, it's so true, you know? If, if you're having challenge hearing from God and you're not associating with people who are hearing from God, it's going to be much harder to hear from God. But, you know, if, if you're challenge, having challenge hearing from God and you're plugged into a, a body of church, you know, and you're plugged into you know, believers who can speak life into you, even when you can't see it or feel it. There's just so much power in that. 
So I think, you know, our association is essential, you know, when God was not my priorities, I was hanging out with people who, you know, God was not their priority, you know, and it's, and I was doing things they were doing. But, you know, the more that I'm focusing on God, the more that I'm seeking God, the more that, you know, I'm allowing myself to associate with people who, who are, you know, doing the same thing. And I've just been blessed so much by that. You know, I found so much encouragement through that. So that's, that's just so essential, whether it's in your church or, you know, group of friends, whatever it might be, there's just so much strength in that and and comfort as well. Amen. Thanks for sharing. I agree. I think it's just so beautiful how the truth of God is true for all of us. We're all different people. Joy and I, we live in the same region. So we both live in the DC metro. I mean, you live in Jersey, yet we still have sort of the same God, you know? And it's almost certain that a believer in California would probably say similar things, like because Mm -hmm. the truths of God are constant. Yeah. Now we humans are fickle. So we might get our views of God skewed, but I think when we're um, aligned with him and that when we are in, in the word, and sometimes even when I have not been in the word, I know when I know what the truth is. I know when someone's yeah. speaking straight up heresy. And I know True. when someone's speaking truth of the word <laughs> because I've been so ingrained in it my whole life. But mm-hmm. like, if I personally have not been in it for a minute, I'm like, oh, that didn't sound right. But then sometimes yeah. even then my mind can be tricked, you know? So I think that's another important thing about staying in the word is that just because you have been in it and you grew up in it, you're raised in it, you can still be susceptible to the lies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the part of hearing God is to discern the truth. Discerning the truth is so important. Yeah. You look like you have something to say, Alma. <laughs> I was going to say, you're so funny. Well, you're talking about truth and discerning and being more familiar with the truth is what helps you discern the lie. It's as simple as knowing something so well you might not know everything that it is but you definitely know what it's not facts so i think that's all i have to say we've got to be people of the word we've got to be people of the word it's in first and second peter second peter specifically that's talking about in the last days like false prophets and antichrist rise up preaching other messages than christ is crucified and if you don't know the word you're easily deceived and even being in the word you're still being tempted so it's like we're i love a good soldier analogy i legitimately feel like a warrior most of the time but the older i get the more i realize it's not an analogy it's a very real reality that we are fighting and our struggle is not against flesh and blood and our weapons are not of this world so it is a fight and you want to stay engaged and stay sharp and so like you're saying community helps you stay sharp because it's it's associates and comrades who believe and inspire you to keep on um, the, in your secret place, what you do in private and who you are in private, it's all going to be tested. Every man's work is going to go through the fire and you don't want it to burn. I don't want mine to burn up. <laughs> so what you're storing in yourself in the secret place is imperative and to follow Jesus and endure because it's not given 
to the one who begins, it's given to the one who finishes. The one who endures receives the crown. The one who endures receives the crown. Endurance is out of the secret place. It's out of living and feasting on Jesus. But what was it, Lord? It's self-denial is the, the idea. That those who follow Jesus, they take up their cross. They deny themselves. And so in pursuing the Lord, you're going to meet the tension of having to say no to things. And pursuing the voice of the Lord, you're going to meet the tension of having to say no to things. If you don't want the voice of culture in your face, you have to shut it off. <laughs> like, if you want to know his voice, yeah. you have to pursue it. So you're going to meet the choice of, like, if I want to hear God speak, I got to make time to hear it. And if I want to hear him clearly, I want to shut up the voices that are not him. And so um, that might mean social media. That might be the kind of movies or the kind of music you watch. Because all those things are pouring in information that affects the life of your spirit, whether you notice it or not. Um, but that all comes to denying self and pursuing what you actually desire. Because there's going to come a day where you're not able to deceive yourself anymore and your work is going to go in the fire <laughs> and you want it to stand up. So it's a, we're in a serious day where half-hearted Christianity isn't going to get anybody anywhere. We're, we're being shaken right now with coronavirus and people are already seeing what their house is built of. And this is very mild compared to the things that Christians, that scripture alludes to will be coming upon us as the yeah. church and as just people living in the last days. So I guess my encouragement would be as you pursue God's presence, don't be surprised if it's in conflict and causes you to have to deny yourself. And I would even go so far as like, if you're serious, when people needed answers back in the Bible, they fasted. Jesus went out and fasted before he started his ministry 40 days. Esther, when she was like, I've been given an assignment, I've got to fast and pray because I might die, but I've got to do it. So let me fast and pray to seek the Lord's heart. So when you're serious about pursuing Jesus, there's just things you have to give up that are going to be taken from you. And so it's not easy. It hasn't been easy for any of us. It's not easy still, but the whole point is it's going to be worth it. And we're living life in view of a heavenly reality that while it, we're living, we're things that we see and touch. I serve a God that is like fire who I can't see, but one day he's going to peel open the sky and both realities are going to be as visible. <laughs> and I'm going to want that what I spent my life on wasn't Gossip Girl and Instagram and uh, just sexually perverse movies because they gratify and lots of food because gluttony is cute in this country. And like, <laughs> you're not lying. True. You're not lying. Yeah, absolutely. And these are, I'm, I'm not condemning anyone because Jesus has taught me and is teaching me. It's not, I'm not speaking of anything I haven't had to do, but, mm -hmm. and, but I want it to be if Christ says, follow me that my answer is never no because I'll die like that's the thing like he, he saved me to say no is death yeah. like it's not like I'm gonna say no and I'll be fine it's like this is a life or death moment even if I don't see the consequence of my decision right now so if Christ is saying come I say yes and if Christ says give it up I'm like it hurts okay <laughs> and, and if it hurts you could say it hurts uh but something out I think that that's really the crux there as you are pursuing God's voice and his presence is going to come in conflict with culture so don't be surprised and be ready and be willing because jesus is worth it he gave everything i was contemplating the salvation our salvation this morning and he 
he literally paid for the sin of the entire population that would ever exist, knowing that only a few would accept it. So right now, the sin debt for the whole existence of the world is paid. It's already paid. Amen. So we don't want to hold his, the blood of Christ in contempt by flirting with evil when he didn't spare his own son. Yep. And he already knew he wasn't going to get everybody. So if he yeah. has you, let him get you good. Like don't let don't don't play with him. Yeah. And that's my heart. I don't want to play. Like I'm not I'm not playing with you, Jesus. And if I am playing, help me not to play. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that tension as well. Like if this is real, and I believe it is, then it's not anything to play with. It's not a little cute video game where we get to die and restart. It's yeah. This is our one shot. This is our one shot, but we got to keep in mind that we're not doing it in our own strength. We do it with the strength Mm -hmm. of the spirit. And that is so essential to remember. Like you're not doing it on your own because Christian doing it on his own fails every day. Yeah. But leaning into Christ and his power and walking in the spirit. And as Philippians 4, I believe says, like thinking on the um true noble right pure admirable things is producing god's peace being with us as we walk through this life in the aims and the goals of pleasing our god and we don't please him to get anything we please him because we love him we please him because He's worthy of our love because he has loved us first. Mm-hmm. And I think when we do things out of those motives, it just makes things a little easier to grasp. It makes the, the self-denial piece a little easier to swallow. Because mm-hmm. denying yourself is not easy, like you said. It's not. Yeah. It's, but the Spirit gives you self-control. And yes. Helps. Like, it's all... It's First Peter, no Second Peter. All the, everything we need for life and godliness is found in the knowledge of Him who called us. So as you continue to know Jesus, everything that you need for every day is released to you in His presence. It's part of why, like devotions, are even a thing. It's not just rote religious activity. We have a daily need for Christ, and when He was leading Israel through the wilderness, the manna wasn't something they could store up, but and the Word of God. We need them every day. So don't try to live. We hold on to the words of God because they're always true. But don't try to live through today's trial based off of what you did yesterday. It all adds up. But he has something for you today, a fresh encounter for you today. Even if it's on the same vein of what he said to you yesterday, become because he is the bread of life and he is like the manna where every day, give us today our daily bread is what he prayed. And he gave them their daily bread in the desert. And he is the bread of life. And he even says we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of Christ. Yeah. So we're hitting home, guys. So this is just my takeaway. The day we're in, it's just really serious. And I'm watching just my peers the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. So if you hear the Lord calling to you, don't harden your heart. Um, I was listening to a Billy Graham sermon last Sunday for church. And he was saying like, 
the kingdom of God draws near you through the Holy Spirit and he calls to you and you might say no, but you don't know. You can't come to Christ without him calling you and you don't know the next time he's going to call you. So don't take for granted the stirrings of the spirit like they're going to come like they're um, like they're not the treasure that they are. Because we, we truly don't know how much time we have. I don't know the number of my days. I don't know how many times the Lord is going to call my heart and where my rebellion will meet its very deserving justice when God prefers mercy and has already paid for sin. Do you see like how we squander his blood? It's already paid for. So what I get now is just because I refuse to accept it. It's not because it wasn't paid for. So it's serious. Choose well. Even if we have to suffer, we only get 80 years and it's an eternity of glory. So it's just more than ever let Christ be glorified more than ever give Christ your all more than ever if ever if there was never a time to, to try to play but if <laughs> but today it, it just it's just a very sober day it's very sober yeah yeah Joe what's your takeaway from everything oh my gosh I mean I'm I'm just listening and I'm honestly just like very thankful for for this time, you know, to be on, on the line with believers and, and to learn from you guys. Like I started taking notes, like, <laughs> look at so, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Real. But I mean, you know, what you guys are saying, it's absolutely right. The verse that comes to mind is just, you know, this is the day of salvation more, more than ever. It's time for us to, to, to take our relationship with the Lord seriously and and not just that but to be proud of it and not to like <laughs> be the little Christian in the corner with your Bible like I don't know just having that confidence you know and we're in Christ um, it says you know for those who are in Christ we're a new creation all things have passed away so we I, I am just going on a whole nother level but no, I completely <laughs> But I mean, I completely agree. And I think that as believers, it's it's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to take a stand. It's time for us to be bold in who we are and 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 whose we are, more importantly, and knowing that, you know, tomorrow isn't promised. So many people, um, you know, with, with this virus, so many people thought they had so many more days ahead of them, you know? Like, you know, they thought that... <laughs> No, I I can do this later. I can do this, you know, like no one thought we would be two months in and like we're all still quarantined and so many people have lost their lives. So, so more than ever now, you know, it's, it's our job as, as believers for us to let our light shine. You know, um, I know that you and I were talking about this before, before this podcast of just, you know, working in the healthcare field. It's, it's, awesome and it's insane at the same time um it's awesome because like i know for me towards the beginning of this pandemic you know my my biggest thing was god how can i let let my light shine you know that i am i am a light in darkness you know as i'm going into into the hospital into a place where it's there's so much hopelessness there's so much you know death and stress and and everything so but even through this time 
particularly my focus is in God. I, my desire is to let your light shine. May people see your light through me. May people see joy. May they see hope in and through me. And, and that has just been kind of my focus. Today, uh, one of my coworkers said something about how like, he said, oh yeah, God was a vodka person. I was like, I was like, no, pretty sure more wine. He's like, no, that was Jesus. I was like, yeah, thing. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things where like in the past I would be like afraid to have that kind of conversation or to say anything back. But yeah, it's just it's just our responsibility. It's it's a responsibility, it's a privilege. Yep. Because when you think of um when you think of eternity, like eternity is it's eternity. It's, it's forever. Like, you know, like what, what do we really have to lose right now? You know, being here and, and standing for Christ and living for Christ, we have nothing to lose and everything to gain. So yeah, my thoughts are everywhere, but I'm, I'm just very thankful. Honestly, I'm thankful for this podcast and I'm thankful for, for believers who can, who can encourage me, who, you know, I know that I'm not in this alone and, and, you know, we're, we're, we're in this together and, and God is where we're laborers in a harvest, you know, and, um, and, and it's our time. So, yeah, yeah. we're all in this together. <laughs> I don't know the words, but uh, that's okay to my <laughs> I know the whole dance for that, by the way, Christian. So we oh, can work on that later. I have no doubt. We'll, we'll have to do that via Zoom one day. <laughs> Well, oh, hopefully, yeah, I'm... I'd be proud. Oh, sorry, I'm so extra today. So, no, go ahead. Talk. <laughs> uh, but um, what do you want to say, Oh, I'm just being proud. Yeah, we do not hang our head in shame. We are not the losers in this generation. We have the treasure. Yes. And so I'm just super excited when you said be proud because we don't have anything to be ashamed of. We have no. everything to offer a lost and dying world. Like, yes, I'm just amening that. That is all. Amen. We do have proud. every reason. Believe us and proud. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I as you as Joanna was talking, I was probably looking kind of somber because I'm just looking, I'm thinking about the severity of this. Like you said, like people thought they would have their whole lives like ahead of them. And I've been thinking about my life. And you know, even as believers, we assume, oh well, no plague come down my door, I won't die. I can't be presumptuous though. I don't know what yeah. God's plan is. And I think that's been humbling to me. Like I I can't assume that God's plan is for me to be here for the next 20 years. I can't assume that his plan is for me to be here tomorrow. That may not be in the works. And that's been keeping me so grounded and just staying thankful for every day that I'm alive. Yeah. I've been having this just thankful attitude for thank you for this moment god thank you for this day and it really hit me yesterday like so hard like i'm alive today this is a gift today and i'm going to be thankful for today because mm-hmm. i will not be here forever my father passed away in september 2019 about 6 7 months ago and none of us expected him to die we knew we know logically he's going to die eventually, right? We don't know until we actually see it that he dies, though. <laughs> it's like, oh, death is real, mm. you know? And I, I don't want to have that attitude of I'm invincible. I'm not 
we young people have that attitude that we're invincible and we're really not. And I want my life to count. So I think that's kind of what I've been taking from this whole thing. I want every moment to count. And it's, it can feel impossible to make it count when you're stuck inside your house. But there's still work to be done, even from home. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's kind of what I've been thinking about with the happenings of the world right now. So, yeah, I think we covered a lot. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Christian. Yeah, I'm thankful for you guys, and I've learned a lot today, and my heart feels overwhelmed with thankfulness yet again. and ready to hear from God, however he's ready to speak and ready to get into the word because I know I'll hear from him there. So I pray that you guys who are listening are encouraged to really dig into the scripture. And you might ask, where do I start? Start in the gospels. That's where I hear everyone else say, so start at least. Um, <laughs> start in the gospels, start in Mark, getting to know Christ, start in John, seeing him as God, you know? Um, all the gospels portray Jesus in a very different way, but they all point to the same Jesus. And that's mm-hmm. the beautiful. So start with the gospels and getting to know who Jesus is and fall in love with his character because he is probably the most lovely person you'll ever meet. So do yourself that favor. So thank you guys once again for joining Alma and Joanna. Um, if you, have been listening to this season and you like what you're hearing, please go ahead to iTunes and leave a rating there. Leave comments. Feel free to message me on Instagram. And Joanna and Alma, if they are okay with me putting their stuff in the bottom of the notes, I will do that. If not, you won't see it. So just know that's why it's not there. But um, thank you also, Alma and Joanna, for joining today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, It's an honor indeed. Yes. And this is actually the last episode of season two. So I do hope you guys will go to iTunes, actually, because I don't know when the next season is going to be launched. So I hope you guys have been blessed by it. I hope you guys will share it with others. And I pray that the season encouraged you as much as it was encouraging to make. So thank you all. Let's pray for our friends. Yes. Whoever they may be, who will be hearing this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so exciting. Let's Can pray. Okay? Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Jesus. Father. You are God. And so to those listening, Holy Spirit, you gave us words to speak today. And you say that the word of God does not return void, but accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. So I pray that the word that was released through us, the word that will be released because people are are motivated and inspired by you to pick up the Bible and to listen for you. Holy Spirit, Jesus, I pray that you would raise up a generation and call out to those who are sleeping, the sleeping church, the unsaved, that you, Lord, would send forth a call of your spirit that when today, as people listen, that they wouldn't harden their hearts, that they would run deeper, that they would commit again. Today, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. I pray that you would um, impart the honor 
that it means to bear your name, the, the pride that we should have, that we would be given to be called the children of God. I ask over these listeners that you would pour out your Holy Spirit over them, and that you would change their, each of their circle of influences because of what you're doing in them. So I just pray that you would release them and that this prayer would be a release for them to do the will of the Father, to run with perseverance the race marked out for them, to fix their eyes on Jesus, to fix their eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of the faith, because we're imitating you. For the joy set before you, you endured. And so because of the joy set before us, which is to see you and to be at eternal rest, we endure. We imitate you in your suffering. We imitate you in in our steadfastness because you showed the example of how to do it. We fix our eyes on the eternal to endure the temporal. So I pray, Lord God, that you would impart the self-control, the outpouring of your Holy Spirit over my brothers and sisters who are and over the ones that are yet to be into the family of God because of their lives and because of even listening to this podcast. Would you pour out your Holy Spirit? Would there be a special evidence of your presence on their lives? Because you are God and, and you want to move through us. We don't yes. take this lightly that you'd give us permission to speak. We don't take it lightly that you would, uh, for the one soul, for the two, for my soul, you're hearing this prayer and I feel your presence even as I'm sitting here praying. So even if it's mm-hmm. just me I'm praying for, and I know it's not, I say yes and amen to the will of the Father. And I pray that there'd be bravery in the breasts of my brothers and sisters, that they would say yes and amen, that they'd count the cost, that they would say yes and amen for the eternal, for the soul, for the soul. Mm-hmm. For the soul that you died for, for the souls that have yet to hear the gospel, yet to say yes. The yes that is in other people because of their lives. The yes is to be harvested because you've chosen them to partner with you in your redemptive work. We want the harvest. Yes. Send us into the harvest. Yes. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for praying. And thank you all once again for listening. God bless.